Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This show is part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of Basically. Really excited for this one. In studio with me today I have Graham McQueen who is the Head of Media Relations for Dublin Airport. I have so many questions and you probably won't be able to answer them all but I am, I'm, 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 I'm very interested in airports. Welcome to the studio. Thanks Stephanie. I'll do my best to answer as many as I can anyway. Um, so I don't even know where to start. You know, millions of people travel through airports all the time and, you know, the slightest thing can irritate them but they don't really step back to see the huge operation it is to run an airport and so that's kind of what I want to do in this podcast get a little bit behind the scenes and see like all of the stuff that you guys are dealing with it's not just about lost luggage right yeah it's 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 a bit like a city out there yeah. um, actually there's about just over 20,000 people employed on the airport campus so to put that into context that's about the size of Sligo so oh, that's wow. what you're dealing with so and where that, do those people park or how do they get to the airport um a lot by public transport a lot by parking as well people will get dropped off uh, we're seeing more and more starting to cycle and, do and they walk like in the main so. doors or is there like a back entrance it depends on on where you work and um, we've lots of gate posts around the building most would come through the not the, like like a normal passenger and then they go through staff screening so mm-hmm. we, we get screened to go airside like a normal passenger to make sure we've nothing dodgy on us mm-hmm. um, so yeah big big team and this year we'll do somewhere in the region of 30 to 32 million passengers so today as I sit here uh, over the course of today there'll be somewhere between 90 and 100,000 passengers coming in and going out at Dublin airport so a lot of stories in there uh, a, a lot of as you say little things tend to frustrate and we hear about the bad things at Dublin airport or yeah. airports in general quite often um, but you know there's a lot of just you stand in the arrivals hall sometimes and you see the magic, you see the reunions, you see the tears and departures or people as people are heading off and you know they're leaving their loved ones behind. So it's 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 a it's a crazy place. Um it's big um but there's a magic to Dublin Airport and uh, hopefully we can talk a bit about that today. And so Dublin Airport as a hub, like you don't really have response like Dublin Airport is just I'm trying to think of an analogy where like you guys are the city but you're not responsible for like you guys are not affiliated with Ryanair or Aer Lingus or Air France. They just use your service. Is that correct? Exactly, yeah. So they're all essentially customers of ours and we're trying, okay. trying to keep them happy. Um, most so do they the pay time, you to use Dublin Airport? They, they pay us. We charge a fee uh, to the airline for every passenger who lands, or sorry, who takes off from Dublin Airport. So okay. that's called the passenger charge. Um, it's around €8. Euro, um, so the passenger doesn't feel that, but, but, but the airline pays that on their behalf, which obviously forms part of your airline ticket. Um, and then... Yeah, it costs a lot to run an airport, so we've got to try and make money in another way. But other ways, we're not state funded, so any money we make is reinvested back into the business. Okay, we are state owned though, so we make we try and make a profit, but that gets reinvested into the business or it gets paid back to the taxpayer as a dividend. So we'd have a, a lot of different customers, everyone from Burger King to Ryanair uh, on the airline side. We've have, we'd have ground handlers, we'd have you know taxi people use Dublin Airport as well. So a whole a whole 
host of, of, of players at Dublin Airport. So they kind of, like, so let's say Burger King would apply to Dublin Airport to be a restaurant in there and then they they pay you to be in there? Or do you have to, how does that all work? It, it depends. We, we would operate, we would put out a lot of units to tender. Okay, and some yes. of the big companies that would operate the Burger okay. King brand in Ireland, for example. So um, there's a company, SSP, that we use. So mm-hmm. they, they look after the Burger King brand, coffee brands, different things like that. So um, we would tend to put them out to tender like that. It just makes it easier to deal with. And then, yeah, we charge them a fee to be there and they obviously operate that business. So no different to Dundrum Shopping Centre yes, or, or yeah, something yeah. like that. So. And then... What part of it are, because I've actually been very impressed with Dublin Airport. I know the thing, you know, the queues, we hear a lot about the the bad stuff, like the queues at Dublin Airport have been chaotic post-COVID and, you know, people getting their luggage lost. But I think that was kind of across some major cities. Um, But as an autistic person, I find Dublin Airport really, really amazing. I have a lanyard that lets the staff, the OCS, what does OCS stand for? OCS is a company, it's okay. a private company. So third, they, the people party. who wear the OCS jackets and Dublin Airport staff, they're always, when I wear the autistic lanyard, they just are so, like, they hone in on it like a heat-seeking missile and they pick me out of crowds and they, like, bring me through to to, to specific areas. And my husband who travels with me, even though he's not autistic, they allow him to come with me too so I don't have to do any of the big queuing. And, you know, then then you still wear the lanyard when you arrive in, you know, Portugal or Spain or America and they have no idea what it is. And you really see the difference of like, oh, wow, different airports. It's a different experience going through different airports. So how, um, I guess, how would each of those companies that work, do they work under Dublin Airport or do they have, you know, different briefings and different trainings from their own managers or is it sort of Dublin Airport oversees the continuity and the quality of the experience that the person gets? Yeah, so Dublin Airport is operated by the company that I work for, which is DAA. Formerly, mm-hmm. that would have been known as Dublin Airport Authority. It's since 2014, it's now just DAA. Um, so we, we would have essentially rules and regulations in place that yeah. our, our customers, our airlines, our providers within the, the terminals, they stick by that. So the likes of the lanyard you talk about, it's universally known amongst all those uh, players that this is something that we offer and that they stick by that and oh, it works yeah. very well it's great to get that feedback and I think we're always keen to bring in more things like that we're constantly trying to listen to passengers especially over the last year there's been a lot of noise about the things we've done wrong and um, so we, we did a big listening exercise over the last six months and um, our new CEO came in and we've developed a 15 point plan uh, to start with which is making little things in the airport better and uh, I was watching you before we came on air uh, grappling with the socket and trying to find a socket that was working to charge your phone that was a gripe of passengers so we've done a full audit of all the sockets in the airport and we've gone through them and not me but the team have gone through them one by one to make sure that they're working those little things make the difference and if we can take those little pain points away for passengers we're keen to do that and more stuff to help autistic people um, you also have a disabled toilet that has a hoist and I have a cousin who's in a wheelchair and it's very rare to have a disabled bathroom or like an accessible bathroom that has a hoist where we can lift her out of her wheelchair and you know change her or do whatever needs to happen that's also something that people who don't 
they aren't going to notice because they don't need it. But if you do need it, it is incredible to find these these sort of um, amenities. Yeah, look, I think it's it's the little things in life in an airport that, yeah. that make the difference. And look, we, we get it in the neck when those things stop working. And look, last year we were under massive pressure just to keep the operation going. So little things like that fell away, um, weren't as good as they should have been. Over that, since sort of the end of last summer, there's been a massive push to, to correct all that. Um, we're introducing new stuff all the time whereby we're trying to get, uh, get as much feedback from people about the things that annoy them, the things they like, things they like, we can do more of it, the things that annoy them, we can we can rectify. Um, and that's all with the aim of just making the, the passenger experience better. Like, you know, flying is stressful. I do it with two young kids. Mm-hmm. Um, kids are fine, actually. My wife can be a bit, a bit of a nightmare. <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, we're trying, we're trying to make it better all the time. And when you're going through an airport, as I say, that's, that's processing 100,000 people every single day, um, you're dealing with massive numbers. So to get it right for 100% of those passengers is difficult. That's the aim. Mm-hmm. But it's a bit like, you know, you think of going to a concert and... Uh, you know, like I remember Garth Brooks playing in, 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 in Crow Park. It wasn't there, I should add. But, um, you know, you've 85,000 people coming for, for a night or two, three nights in a row, um, and then it goes away. But the airport does it every single day, okay. those volumes coming through. So things go wrong. The, the job on us is to correct it quickly when they do happen and longer term have that that, that scope to, to look at things at pinch points and, and, and try and make them that bit better. So let's talk about the actual operations of the airport. So say when... What are the things that, you know, you guys are dealing with the passengers kind of like almost never see? And I'm also really interested to know about what it's like when you have to receive, like we had Joe Biden there recently. What 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 are the plans that go into receiving Air Force One or other dignitaries? Um, and then also, I'm just going to ask all the questions and you can, you can do them uh, as you please. Things like when a, a plane that's not supposed to be landing in Dublin Airport has to stop in Dublin Airport because of an emergency. Or if you find out that there is a plane that's scheduled to stop and someone on board is, I don't know, like is a criminal or something has gone down on the plane, what goes into planning all those things? Okay, I'll get through as many of them as I can remember. You might come back to me in a yes, couple I of them. But uh, I suppose on a, on a day-to-day basis, things run smoothly. Planes come in, they get cleaned, they get reloaded with passengers and they go back out again and everything moves really, really well. That happens most of the time, but as you say, sometimes we get a spanner in the work. So through the winter, it could be bad weather. It could be ice on the planes. They've got to be de-iced. Um, an icing machine breaks, which is operated by one of the airlines, so it takes them a bit longer. That has a knock-on impact. The Airlines work on the basis of having planes in the right place at the right time. So you take a Ryanair plane, for example, it would make its first flight from Dublin this morning at six o'clock. Um, it goes off to London, it goes off to, maybe comes back to Dublin, then it does one to Paris, then it comes back, it goes off to Spain, something like that. So that plane can go to a number of places within a number of hours. And any knock-on impact, not just at Dublin airport, but any airport, you know, it's going to affect the the, 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 the schedule for that mm-hmm. day. And if you think that there's 600 planes then at Dublin Airport, it's the same for every one of them. So the chances of things going wrong are, are, are high. Uh-huh, yeah. um, our job is to minimise them. And when they crop up, we've got to uh, have the team on hand to deal with that. As well as that, you have things like in recent months, we've saw drone disruption at Dublin Airport. We've to halt the operation for a period of time. That has an impact. Um, and Why is that such a big impact? Like, so I've seen drones, maybe I'm not thinking of the right ones, but they're small things. Like, would would they really interrupt a plane? Yeah, they would. They can do real damage and we'd, we'd hate to see what kind of damage they could do. Uh, to give you a comparison, one of our biggest uh, 
issues at Dublin Airport is keeping birds away from the flight paths because okay. if, if birds get into engines, um, it can cause engine failure. Planes have to circle and come back and things like that. Anyone who, who's watched that film about the plane uh, landing on the Hudson River, yeah. um, as a Sully, um, will, will, will know the consequences of something like that. So a drone being in the vicinity of Dublin Airport or any airport is, is, is really potentially dangerous. really okay. dangerous. So we, we take, um, we won't, won't apologise for this, we take, safety is our number one thing, so we will we will pause operations for a period to deal with that. Um, once we've got this new technology coming in, which allows us to take them down, we won't need to do that anymore. Um, but other things can happen. I mean, you mentioned there Joe Biden, mm-hmm. uh, President of America, came in uh, a couple of weeks ago, and that was a massive operation, obviously bringing him in, weeks of preparation, thousands of people involved in that you know on the american side and the, and the irish side so we brought him in smoothly actually on that day um it was raining very heavily when he landed he came onto the runway um he then went into our fire station which was covered and he met some american families while he was in there meeting the american families and i don't think anybody probably would be aware of this in the public there was actually an emergency declared there was a, there was a plane uh, flying from europe uh, to America and it, it was having to make an emergency landing at Dublin airport so things like that are happening on the ground the day-to-day stuff the stuff that's planned is happening but at the same time we've got to be uh, ready as a team to to deal with things like that and, it and is ha- that emergency like would you guys be cautious of like oh is this a real emergency or is somebody faking emergency because they know Joe Biden is in Dublin and does all that come into it or uh, is it do you just take it at face value uh, look, that would come into it in the same as um, you know any I suppose you go back years when we used to get bomb scares and things yeah. like that. Um, you know, you, there's a judgment call made, but look, this would be a pilot um, putting in an alert to air traffic control, and the air okay. traffic control then inform our team that they have an issue. Um, it happens quite regularly. You could have a medical issue, for example, somebody's got to land to get them to hospital in Dublin. They never meant to be in Dublin. They were going from, say, Paris to Heathrow, and mm-hmm. they end up in, in, in Dublin because Dublin's available at that time. So things like that happen. Um, so yeah, we're constantly dealing with those issues. Um, but look, the team, the team are pretty, pretty, pretty strong at dealing with them, and that's why we can correct things pretty quickly. Probably the most troublesome stuff uh, would come early in the morning if we get behind early in that first wave. So between sort of six a.m. and eight a.m. in the morning, you've got something like eighty, ninety flights going out. Um, okay. If we can get all them away, it tends to flow really well. Um, and actually, you mentioned that some of the issues we had last last May. Um, maybe remember the 29th of May. Some of your listeners will remember that day when there were long queues on the, on the departures road at Dublin Airport. The reason for that was we got behind sort of before 5 a.m. We couldn't okay. get people through security quick enough. And that just caused a backlog until about lunchtime that day till we could actually get to grips with it. Um, so, um, yeah, but look... We're in a much better place now than mm-hmm. we were then. We've got staff numbers uh, back to where they were sort of pre-COVID. So we're, we're in good shape to deal with the issues. Um, and uh, so that should give reassurance to anyone who's flying. I have another question, which is kind of an odd one. But you know the way sometimes people die abroad and they're repatriated back? What happens Like what happens when a, like when you know, OK, there's a dead person, there's a coffin on this flight? Does It, it doesn't come off with just cargo and go through the... Like where does it go? It it depends. Uh, we have a crematorium oh, at, wow, okay. at the airport. We have a place where where where, where things like that would happen. And look, it, it happens, you know, on a weekly basis. So so maybe like oh, on a weekly basis. Oh, well, you think of the number of people living abroad who maybe maybe oh, want yeah. to, want to come back and 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 be laid to rest here. Um, you know, it's not something. But that they don't have we, to deal with the normal 
like you don't have to do normal no, airport stuff. No, we we very we've been we've received a lot of praise for the way we handle that as a mm-hmm. team actually. So um, it's not something we publicise because it's just part yeah. of something that very we do. Um, so obviously you would see. In, in my time in the airport, which is the past year, and uh, we saw, you know, unfortunately, soldiers killed, Irish soldiers oh, yeah. killed abroad, and we 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 we're responsible for for bringing, for bringing them, back. them back into the country. So it's all dealt with very sensitively. We you know we involve the families in that process, but there's a there's a set process there that we follow. And and um, what are some of the like the stranger things that don't happen very often, but have happened that? That Dublin Airport have had to that people might not know about, you know. Yeah, it, it, m- most of the mad stuff that happens at Dublin Airport tends to get into get the into media the idea, in some yeah. kind of way. I'd say, look, we're a city, we're we're, we're twenty thousand people, so people talk uh, yeah. in Ireland, and you know, word gets out there. You were telling me about a windscreen, a cracked windscreen. Yeah, that one happened uh, in the last few days. We 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 had a an, an American airliner was 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 flying uh, close to Dublin, um, and. Uh, he had a cracked windscreen. I'm not sure what caused it, but you know, obviously he contacted air traffic control. The most local t- one to him at that point was Dublin, and um, so he made an emergency landing. So that's when we go into kind of crisis mode as a as a team. Even on the communications team, we would get an alert straight away to say we have an, an incident. Effectively, there'll be a plane landing around say 10:40, um, and you know. We'd have emergency vehicles. We, we've got our, our own fire brigade, our own police at Dublin Airport. Um, so they would welcome that plane onto the runway to make sure if there are any issues when it lands, that they're, the first response Hundreds. is there in real time. Um, and that could be things like punctures on tyres, uh, landing gear not coming down properly. Um, there could be an issue on board. It could be a rowdy passenger um, on a flight that's not meant to land at Dublin Airport, but it but it's flying between two airports nearby, and it will they'll come into to, to 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 Dublin land, and then our our officials will, will will deal with that. So so like on the windscreen, does that windscreen have to be like very quickly fixed, and then that plane is back on to its normal destination? That, ideally, that would be the case. I mean that that's dealt with by the airlines and their technicians. Yes, they, okay. they would they would take that off to you've probably seen when you're taken off or landing at Dublin Airport, big massive hangars, big sheds, they would yeah. take the planes off and they would inspect them um, a lot of the times the, the technical issues could be corrected very quickly and after an hour or so uh, the plane is, is, is put back in the runway and, it, and, and it, go, it goes off the way it wants to get to And would that stuff then impact the norm, like is, is it a very tight schedule of this Ryanair flight is on the runway at this time and then like, you know, because you've seen, you know planes lining up to be the next on the runway. If if there's an emergency one put into that, does that knock everything back? It it um it, it it's it's a movable feast at any one time. So we have we have air traffic control, the big tower where people sit and they direct planes coming in. Um, we have our own team and what's known as the pod. They sit up there and they direct planes to stand. So that that's one of the biggest causes of delays or disruption can be if a plane takes longer to be refueled and cleaned and get the passengers on it's on the stand for longer so if we've got a plane that's just landed it has to wait a bit longer we we get a lot of frustrated passengers contact and say we're sat on the runway you know we can't Mm -hmm. get in that's because a stand isn't available or the handling company that's dealing with the suitcases and the refueling of that plane and welcoming that plane in they're not quite ready for them at that point so that can cause little delays there's contingency built into the plan so that we can we can deal with that and we can get back on track probably the biggest disruption in the case of a plane that lands with a, a cracked windscreen would be for the passengers on that, on flight, that flight there 
you know, they're flying from Paris to New York and they have to make a, an emergency landing in Dublin. You're talking a number of hours before they can get on their way. Sometimes if there's an issue with the flight that can't be corrected straight away, um, the aircraft has to be fixed. It, it might be the next day that they fly, so the airline would put them up in a hotel or things like that. So um, issues like that crop up at Dublin, they crop up at every airport, but the, the team are pretty pretty well versed at this stage in, in dealing with those issues. And what's happening, this is something that happens frequently that I'm not, that I, I never really understand. When they change a gate, like surely they knew where the plane was going to go, where what gate the plane was going to be at. How would a gate get changed? Um, it could depend on I mean, there's different sizes of aircraft come in, so it could be that a gate becomes more suitable for one that was meant to be at, say, gate 203. Um, there was a delay to it coming in, uh, so it doesn't go to 203. That one's been taken. So uh, it it is frustrating for passengers. Um, we, we get that. Um, but it, it's just, it's just a, if you think of it as like... Um, you're in the supermarket and you know some checkouts are moving really well and then there's a blockage something happens and then you've got you move to the other yes, one or okay, you get yeah. pushed up to another one so things happen like we're alive we're a live city as i yes. say Th- things happen that mean we have to change things and, and you know th- the guys would try and make it as least disruptive as possible so that if you're at gate 203 and it's not available it's not like 100 million miles right, away right. don't always get it right but uh we're always trying to minimise that disruption. So if that, that change does happen, it's generally for good reason, um, is what I would say. I'm going to take a quick break to tell you about our sponsor. Our sponsor is Rockwell Financial and they have a special offer for basically listeners. Rockwell Financial protect but also enhance the wealth of SME owners. If you own a small or medium enterprise or you are a sole trader in Ireland, Rockwell Wealth Management will protect and enhance your wealth and they have a free consultation for basically listeners. So call them up, tell them you're a basically listener and they will give you a one-to-one consultation for free. When you're not feeling well or if you're in pain, getting medical treatment without delay is what matters. Matter Private has an emergency department at their hospital in Dublin and Cork where you can get access to emergency medical care quickly. I've used the service myself. The emergency department team was led by a consultant and they got me seen within 30 minutes of my arrival, which is their goal for all patients. And that means you can get whatever diagnostic tests you need without a delay, like a CT scan, an MRI scan, an ultrasound. And those results are fast tracked to help the medical team work out what was most suitable for your treatment. If you need to be admitted to the hospital, which I didn't, you will be seen as soon as possible by a consultant who specialises in your specific medical or surgical area of need. It's for over 16s only and they're open in Dublin Monday to Saturday 8am to 5pm and in Cork from Monday to Friday 9 to 5. See matterprivate.ie for more details on getting the specialist care you need as soon as possible. If you're not feeling well and you need medical treatment quickly, visit the emergency department at Matter Private Cork and Dublin. This might not, you might not be able to answer this, but the missing baggage situation. Is that baggage, how do bags go missing? Is it that like one gets left on a plane and the plane takes off again because it was stuck behind something and they didn't see it? Or I'm just always fascinated to know like how how do bags go missing? Yeah, the first thing I would say, and we 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 get told at times it's a cop out, but but it generally isn't. When you check on a bag, you're going for a flight with um, X Y Z airline. You take your bag and you check it in with the airline. That airline then has your bag. They have the responsibility to get it to your destination so yeah. when you get off the other plane the bag is there so they would the airline would either do that themselves or they would employ a handling company to do that on their behalf so we don't get involved in that process we provide them as an airport with the infrastructure to 
move the bag through the terminal and get it get it to their aircraft. So that's what that's what we do. When bags go missing, the main reason last year was knock-on effects abroad. So you think of a lot of uh, transatlantic flights and a lot of flights to the UK. You might be flying to New York, but you, you go via Heathrow or maybe it's Amsterdam. So your bag has got to come off the plane and be changed. So quite often the bag goes missing in that process. Or, as I say, airlines and aircraft, we try and get them on schedule as much as possible. Mm-hmm. So there could be a decision made at a point in time that we leave the bags behind and they follow on the next flight so we can get that flight away. We saw a lot oh, of that yes, last okay. year. Um, so that could happen. Um, and then if you get that happening at the hundreds of airports that you have around Europe, um, it can be quite a slow process to get that bag back to the person. So it, it, on, on, a, on a normal day, it's, it's not such a big issue. It become, The incidents become quite isolated. Last year it became you know, a big, big issue because it was happening en masse and every airport like Dublin Airport had big issues in terms of reopening up again after after covid we we were we were closed essentially for 2 mm-hmm. years the, the the terminals were completely empty and then pretty much all of a sudden sort of last february march april you know travel went back to sort of 90% of what it was and um we struggled to recover uh, as quick as we would have liked at the start by sort of mid-summer we'd, we'd, we'd got to where we wanted to be and certainly now I mean looking at April we had what was it 2.8 million passengers go through the airport and um, about 1.4 of those 1.4 million of those would have been departing passengers and 96% of them went through security in 90 uh, in 20 minutes or less so wow we're in a good place. Mm-hmm. We've got staff where we need to be. And as I say, we're making loads of improvements in the terminals to start to make the passenger experience better. So um, hopefully, you know, those those days are certainly behind us and, you know, we can start working on those improvements, making it better. And what are the, I've heard, um, but haven't been listening intently, so I'm not quite sure of the details, so you can correct me. Um, I've heard about Dublin Airport maybe losing, basically not meeting some sort of scrutiny that it's meant to meet from, is it a governing body? Yeah, so aviation is probably the, well, certainly one of the most audited and yes, regulated yeah. industry for good reason because it's, it's safety, right? We all want to be safe. Um, we would be audited like on a weekly, monthly basis, on a daily basis, we're doing our own audits. So sometimes um, things get caught you know mm-hmm. that we that we could do better so that is pointed out to us so we in the rush to reopen over the past sort of 18 months um you go back to last year there were some issues there that were flagged to us that we had to correct um, and we've done that as a business it was no different to a health operator or um you know taxis things like that. we're yeah, all yeah. we're all regulated we all have to hit certain standards um and and we're keen to do that. So we're always keen to see what we can do better. Um, when it comes to safety, um, we've that's one we've got to get right. So the audits and things are done for good reason. Um, and we'd act very very quickly to to correct, to correct them. them. And what are what's that process like? So is it sort of like a secret shopper situation where someone goes through the airport and then talks about their experience and or it, is it? It it can be. Quite often we are informed that over the course of the next month or the next couple of weeks we're going to be doing a, an inspection on such and such. So mm-hmm. you're given a bit of notice on some things. Um, some Sometimes would be, I mean, everyone pretty much flies, right? So any inspector is probably going through 
an airport and um you know so we'd be prepared on a daily basis that there could be someone someone watching what we do so uh that means that security comes first in everything that we do and why is it different in some it's some security things are different airport to airport like in some places you have to put your liquids you know 100 mils in a bag some places you have to take off your shoes other places you don't why why are those things different in different places Every airport would be subject to similar but sometimes slightly nuanced uh, regulations. Uh, One that annoys passengers at the moment is that some airports have got new C3 scanners. C3 scanners are effectively like a CAT scan rather than an X-ray. So it's a machine that can, your bag goes into it and it creates a 3D image of the bag. So it means you don't need to take your, your liquids out or anything like that. And we've started the process to put them into Dublin Airport. We've got 30 scanners, though, across two terminals. These things weigh, these new ones coming in, weigh about 30 tonnes. Oh, wow. They're expensive. Um, To put one in, we've got to take a lane out to order to replace it. So it's a massive job for us to replace them. By the end of May, we will have around five of those in. So for the summer months, we'll have five of those in, which is, is which is great. But for the moment, while we don't have all of our lanes using these C3 scanners, the 100 mil limit still, still applies. And look... I get it's a frustration. The thing is, we don't set the rules. We simply live by them. And at the end of the day, the reason for those rules is to keep everyone safe. And, uh, you know, safety, as I say, uh, we'd never make an apology for it is our number one thing at Dublin mm-hmm. Airport if we can keep passengers safe um, that's that. That's and what the is the 100 mil liquid was that did someone make a bomb out of 120 mils or something once or what yeah it, it all came on the back of 9-11 really there were lots of um, a- attempts to hijack aircraft and to do bad things on aircraft so it, it, it was all put in place to minimise that type of activity the okay. chances of something like that happening so um, look well beyond my pay grade in terms of how you yeah. You come up with these uh, totals and, and, and values, as I say. We've just they're the rules that we've got to play by. Um, in time, it will get better. So, within the next eighteen months, we'll have all these new scanners in place. So, um, when people travel in twenty twenty five, you can look forward to the fact that you'll just put your bag up. It'll go through the machine. Yeah, you can put in as as much makeup or as uh, as much whiskey in your bag as you want, um, and uh, you know you'll you'll be able to do that. So, so this also might be a question you're not able to answer. But what happens to things that are lost and found in Dublin Airport? A lot of stuff is lost and found in in, in Dublin Airport. Um, it gets handed in if it's lost in the airport itself in the terminals. It's handed into our lost property office, which is located just outside Terminal One. It's operated by Airport Police, um, so we would put details of that item on the website. So you can look in real time at all the items handed in. And if you have a look at it, there's a lot of them. Mm-hmm. You can see everything from teddy bears to comfort blankets to ear pods to iPhones, laptops, um, golf clubs. You name it, people people leave it at the airport. Um, you would then, so Stephanie loses her iPhone. Uh, you would go on, you see a, a match for an iPhone was lost on that day, you contact us and then there's a process to reunite you with that item. Do you I have to prove that it's yours? You would have to prove it's yours and I think and there's, there's, there's a, 10, ten, a 10 euro admin fee as okay. well. So that just covers covers the cost of getting it back to you and things like that. The easiest way to get it back is just to visit the actual lost property office um, at Dublin Airport. If an item is lost on the aircraft, it sits with your airline, so you okay. contact your airline to, to get it back. I'd say so many people don't bother. Like people, say AirPods, iPhone maybe, but like if you lose your something that's not of huge value or not hugely sentimental, 
Like I'd say, there's a lot that isn't collected. There is, and anything like that, we would we would we try our best to get it back to the person. After a certain period of time, it would be auctioned off, and all that money goes to charity. So we yeah. give it to set charities within the airport. I once so. left my passport on the airline on a connecting flight, and then didn't realise it until I was on the next plane. And it was such a saga to get it back. I how get off I'm going to turn the turn the interview around here. How did you resolve that one? Um, when I realised it, I was on the flight, and I I don't know if I was coming back from Australia or heading to Australia, but I, the changeover happened in Dubai, no Singapore, and I said it to the airline immediately, and I was like, I've left my my thing on the other plane, and then they anyway. By the time I landed, they had source they had they had the passport ready for me and it was coming on another flight but then there had to be a lot of discussion at the airport in Australia because I was coming into Australia with no passport and so the airline had to like confirm that they had a passport for me and it was left on a previous flight right yeah we'd often and then they came to my hotel very good yeah yeah. so we'd often get um people will get to the gate for example and they realized they've left their passport at security the team would be contacted and we'd try and get it back to them so there's a lot of that goes on the big ones we hear most often are the teddy bears the comfort blankets the you know the the sentimental items um as you say like i suppose laptops you know you lose your laptop can, can be can be a big thing so um there'd be a lot of work goes into getting the likes of those back to the owners and things like that so um, but yeah have a look on the website you'll see there's a lot a lot of stuff lost a lot of stuff lost in the airport yeah well that, that'll be something that i'll do now just deep dive try and reunite people with their with their laptops and their um but it is it's always a good news story like sometimes you do hear on you know on twitter or instagram like i lost this at dublin airport and particularly around the teddy bears the comforters like a child lost there you know like winnie the pooh and and then when it's reunited it's such a good news story but um yeah when you've got a an eight-year-old like mine who still moans about the shark that he lost when he was four and still expects it to turn up in some kind of way like these things matter and look did he lose it at an airport no he didn't no uh, we would have got it back to him obviously but um no he I, i don't know where he lost it but i think my wife might even have thrown it out but oh, um, wow. he's, he won't listen to this podcast probably for about 10 years yes. so we're probably safe uh, to, to, to reveal that we have we have a very young audience um, okay is there anything else that we need to know about the operations of Dublin Airport um, I think um, the appreciation of, of what we do on a daily basis so the thing, the thing that I find most magical about the airport is I'd pop down and get a sandwich at lunchtime and I'd go and sit in arrivals and I'd watch just what happens and mm-hmm. You see people coming back. Um, Christmas especially is just magic. Like the month of December, like you see people coming back and meeting their grandparents, kids meeting grandparents for the first time. It must be must, much more intense now after COVID because people may not have seen each other for years. Yeah, exactly. Like we had, uh, and we, we try and capture a lot of this for the airport social media channels. So you go down and you'd see someone with a welcome balloon or a banner and you might just start up a conversation and say like, who are you waiting on today? And it'd be like, oh, my, my daughter's coming back from Australia. First time in three four years she's got a two-year-old now and we've never met the two-year-old and then they come through the door and you capture that meeting sometimes they'll let you film it sometimes they won't which is fine um, but you still stand and watch it and mm-hmm. you know you'd uh, i'm not hugely emotional guy but like you you would get a you get. get get emotional and then the, the flip side of that is and i can relate to this one is the leaving people at the airport and departures you know you, you stand and watch it there sometimes and you know you see 
parents waving goodbye to sons and daughters and you know family members uh, boyfriends girlfriends boyfriends and boyfriends leaving mm-hmm. one another there um, and I know when I used to do back and forth from Scotland to Ireland with my wife it was a very emotional process and these things all happen in the airport and uh, you know you see you stand there for long enough you'll see a group of lads going off on a golf trip you'll see loved up couples going off on honeymoons and city breaks you'll see kids going on their first holiday uh you see just the most amazing things mm-hmm. there and like as an airport we get a lot of flack when things go wrong and the broken sockets and the you know the the faulty seating and stuff annoys people and they make a lot of noise about that on twitter but the there's a magic to the airport and what we do that connecting people piece is, is, is i find just 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 incredible and uh, if you ever feeling a bit low Go on to arrivals and you get, you, get, you get cheered up. I have, so I watch, um, you know, those Australian border, <laughs> those Australian oh, yeah, border yeah. TV shows where like there's some Chinese man who's either trying to bring in like a bee's nest or, you know, like a load of drugs. Um, if there were a TV show of the same ilk in Dublin, is there a lot of that sort of like, is airport security... Is it necessary? Like, are there a lot of people trying to do illegal things in Dublin Airport? Yeah, like, absolutely. I think every airport, if if you're seen as a, a soft touch on the airline scene, you will be targeted. Mm. I mean, do a Google search of um, arrests at Dublin Airport or charges Dublin Airport. Um, you'll see, you know, a lot of cases where it could be drug smuggling, it could be cigarettes, it could be uh, people trafficking, things like that. Like, um the, the the intelligence is really really high and airports are obviously a target so we're on extremely high alert the highest alert you can get all the time with this stuff there's lots of operations going on to find out where these bad people are trying to do bad things and sometimes it ends up at dublin airport um i mean the other thing you'd capture on a show like that is just the the, the random stuff like we i often speak to our security guys who tell me the questions that they get and you know like can i bring through like a live goldfish in a gold goldfish bowl through security um can i bring through certain sex toys can you know they be in my body out my body can i bring through what size can my walking stick be and like if you think of the question those guys get it we get a lot of them on twitter as well and we we, we try and answer them um but like people people you get all walks of life in the airport right so they they try and uh they they, they try and live their life and we, we we're a conduit to that as i say all the magic that happens um but you get all this kind of random stuff happening so i'd say a a tv show would be would be as interesting in dublin as it would as be in any other Australia. airport well, Graham, we've come to the end of our podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. If anybody has any questions or they've ever left anything at an airport, you can find uh, Dublin Airport on Twitter. Um, they have a very entertaining account, actually. And you can check online if you've lost anything at the airport, if it's still there. How long do you keep things for once they've been lost? Generally six months. Um, that would be the kind of cut off. Although, like, if it's engagement rings and jewellery and stuff that we sense a sentimental value we'll work very hard to, to find get out. that back to the person like um, that deserves to go back to the person Graham McQueen thank you so much for joining me and thank you for listening to another episode of Basically our music is by Only Ruin our graphic design is by Kahlo Gara. we're produced by Megan Fox and we're part of the Headstuff Podcast Network see you next week This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. 
Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.